and welcome to the Rolling Ball, the Lesser Tigers fans podcast. It's bonus time. It's final time. Bonus podcast coming at you Friday lunchtime. Teams just announced. I'm Mike and with me is Elliot. Elliot, how are you doing, mate? I Beautiful am no, day. I am sweating. I am sweating. It's <laughs> nothing to do with the final. It is purely in Costa del Melton. It is a million degrees. It is hotter than the sun and I am sweltering. <laughs> like the inside of a McDonald's apple pie. Yes, very, the one that hot. basically is like nuclear hot that yeah. nukes your face. <laughs> oh dear, right, yeah, it's it's quite nice here in the West Country. Got a little bit of a breeze, got the window open. I, I went for a run yesterday wearing a tank top, um, wow. which is always, a, always good. So I've got nice vest tan lines, which obviously is pretty sexy. So uh, I'm um, I'm rocking that out at the moment. Um, so this podcast, obviously we, previous episode, we had Charlie Morgan on and we went and talked uh, about sort of strategically how the sides might play and tactically. Now we've got a little bit of extra detail on it. The teams have just been announced. First, let's look at Tigers first then. Yes. Um, do you want to read out the team? Yeah, let's go for it. So from 1 to 15, Ellis Genge, Julian Montoya, Dan Cole, Ollie Chesham and Callum Green in the second row, Hanro Liebenberg, Tommy Raphael and Jasper Visa, And then, Backs, Richard Wigglesworth at nine, George Ford at 10, Harry Potter at 11, Guy Porter and Moroni in the centres, and Ashton and Freddie Stewart uh, completing the lineup. And tell us the bench as well, because I think that could be important. Yeah, absolutely. So, Charlie Clare, Nephi Leotagaga, Joe Hayes, Harry Wells, George Martin, Ben Youngs, Freddie Burns, and Matt Scott. Okay. So, there are a couple of biggies in there. Um, and I'm going to be quite honest. When I read that, I feel a tiny little bit deflated. I thought we might go for something a bit more attacking. This, for me, smells a bit conservative. But, I mean, you've got your interesting thoughts on that. And, obviously, I, I hope that I end up saying, well, I was completely wrong by Sunday. Uh, Sunday morning, I can look back and say, well, what do I know? That's why Steve picks the team. But, for me, Wigglesworth at nine is huge. And the absence, of, therefore, of JVP as well is disappointing. Someone who can really add a bit of spice uh, and spark to a game. You saw what an impact he had when he came off the bench against Saints. Wigglesworth, I've not been convinced about. I've got to be honest, in the second half of this season, I found his delivery to be a little bit ponderous. It's usually very, very quick, very good. But it's not been its usual standard. And box kicking, I don't know if he's any better than Ben Young's, to be honest. So that's an interesting one. He's going to have to have a fantastic game. And obviously, he started that Challenge Cup final if I'm right in remembering that. And I don't think that strategy particularly worked against Montpellier, who were obviously such a physical side then. So that's one big call. The other big call for me is there is no Nemani uh, even in the squad, uh, which obviously just the impact that he can have. We lose a lot of physical go forward in that. I mean, the rest of the side, the pack looks fantastic. Obviously, Oli Chesham starting ahead of Harry Wells. Given how much carnage Chesham caused for the Saracens line-out earlier in the season, I can see why they've done that. But, Elliot, what what are your thoughts on it? I mean, you think that this is a side to go away, stay in the fight and nick a result? That's, That's it. That's my thinking behind it. I actually agree with your comments and your observations, which you've made. I think it is conservative. I think it's more defensive um, as a 23. And I think we have to look at it as a 23 because in games like this, it's it's not just a, the starting yeah. 15 that, that gets it. It's the whole it's the whole shebang that, that gets you over the line. 
in terms of the 15, it's it's a 15 we've seen before. So it's not outside. It's not it's not a brand new thing. It's not something that we've not seen before. We have we have seen it, and clearly, I think it plays into where Steve wants it to to turn into. And I think Steve's expecting it to be a real tug of war arm wrestle and I think he maybe wants it to, to turn into that and I think he's the idea bit is of a that, shit fest yeah I think he in the same way I used the example on, on Monday's podcast if you're a football team you go away from home and you just frustrate the opposition by putting 11 men behind the ball and you turn it into a bit of a, a, a scrappier game I suspect that's maybe what he's looking for because Saris have played for all the talk about Saris being a kicking team and, and they do this and they're ugly and they're boring and stuff like that they've actually played some decent rugby over the last few weeks you know, they have- they're, they're a super clinical side. And I think Steve has always talked about, you know, compared Leicester to Saracens, where they are, all the media's like to compare. And he's always responded to that by saying, well, look, they're about nine years into their journey, 10 years into their journey. We're, what, two years? Yeah. And so you can't have a look, uh, you can't compare the sides, so to speak. But if you look at how they develop their attacking game, they get unfairly pigeonholed as being, you know, just a brutally dominant side. And they are, they are physically superb but their backline is so clinical very very smart they've got wonderful ball players all over that backline uh, and some 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 dangerous runners it's not the most dangerous running backline but they're all very very intelligent players no it, what you see with this 23 i think is who steve trusts because you see a lot of trust in this in this side you see chris ashton is someone that steve yeah. trusts you know and he, he trusts Chris Ashton. If there's a sniff of a chance, he's going to finish it. And in a game like this sort of type of final, where you might only get one sniff of a try, having someone like Chris Ashton on the field probably is, wor- is worth having because he's such a goal poacher, he, he can take that chance. Having Harry Potter, he trusts Harry Potter in terms of the kick chase, in terms of chasing the kicks and the tactical discipline and, and going for it. So I think that's where Harry Potter's come in for it. He obviously knows Wigglesworth over the last 10 years and he trusts Wigglesworth clearly, to implement his game plan. And I think that's why Wigglesworth has gone for it. One, because I think Steve maybe expects it or wants to turn it into a bit of an arm wrestle. And Wigglesworth, he feels, is he's his go-to man in, in, in such a things to, to do it. So I think that's the sort of buzzword over sort of the 23 selections is trust in terms of who's done it for me over the last, you know, year, two years. Who do I trust the most to implement the game plan? Now, personally... I disagree with a couple of selections he has made and I veer towards where you are. I would have started Youngs with JVP on the bench. I think JVP has really grown into that last 20 minute role of sniping off the bench against tired legs. Uh, but it, we're under, we're downplaying his kicking with that as well, because yeah, I yeah. think his kicking has been one of the most improved facets of anybody's game this season. I think it's become a strength for him. Yeah. And I don't see JVP as a weakness to be picked. I think he's a big game player now and I think he's up there to, agree. to be picked. And I think that's, I think that's a tough call. I understand the reasons behind it, but I, I respectfully disagree with Steve on that. The other one, and I agree with you of this, is in the 23 shirt. I'd have gone with Namani purely because I wouldn't want him starting because 27 degrees, whilst it isn't as hot as you know it is today, it's still quite warm. Do you know I mean, you don't want Namani Nadolo chasing kicks for 60 minutes. If that's the game plan, it's a it's a waste. Just, of his... just to outline the forecast for everyone at the moment, it's BBC weather is telling me 27 degrees and cloudy. So that suggests it might also be quite humid, uh, yes. quite sticky, not nice to run around in for 80 minutes. Yeah, you wouldn't want, I don't think that gets the best out of Namani for 60 minutes because all you're going to do is effectively tire him out with no little impact. I would have brought him off the bench for a 20 minute dart, 
when legs are starting to get heavy, when it's a, you know, it's a big old pitch, it's a long season, it's a hot day, it's going to be a physical game. It's physical enough without Nemanja on the pitch. I would have probably brought him on the pitch when there's some tired legs and a bit of space opening up. When it's a bit, you know, it might be a couple of points either way, that could have been the point of difference to do it. And I, I think it is a conservative selection overall. I'm surprised that Matt Scott's got the 23 shirt over Nemanja and I'm surprised by it. it. It is strange though because Matt Scott has had such a fine season yet he can't get a look in at the moment in the side. So having him there, we need to emphasise he is not going to let anyone down. He's going to come on and do a bang up job straight away. But he is just lacking six inches and about what, five stone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nemanja is... To me, Nemanja is such a unique weapon. You, you you can't compare him to anyone, but you it's a weapon that you use. However, moan, slight moans aside, I think that front row does damage. And I think we'll, if we start turning our attention to... I think the, I think the reserve team, front row also does damage. I think... The, the one comment I would make when we look at the two teams is I think Saris have a better 15. I think we've got the better 23. And I Ooh. the reason why I lean towards that is the point you've just made. The six front rowers we have picked are better than their six. And I think in a tight game and in a game of small margins, I think that front row battle, I think could be the, the, the could be the one where we can target and get a bit of a nudge going. And I quite fancy us in, in that department. So if let's have a look at the side of as a whole and the bench and see what it probably tells us about how, how we're going to play. It's not a possession team necessarily for me certainly not I mean it's not going to be attacking you know from behind its own line unless obviously it's on obviously Ashton scored a world here against Bristol uh, that was done from behind our own line but if I have a look at that side it's obviously designed to kick a lot in which case you're almost kind of surprised that Freddie Burns isn't there in that 15 shirt um, and which I think we mooted might be a possibility given that Saracens seemed to struggle with the width a little bit against Toulon but I think that this side is very much a pressure side. Yes, it's conservative selection, but let's not forget, it's fucking good at what it's going to be set out to do, which is going to be to target the set piece and to get stuck into their line-out. I think Saracen's line-out, according to Charlie Morgan's last excellent article, is the third worst in the Premiership, and it's particularly weak at the middle and back. Check so, out Sam Lana as well. Check out Sam Lana's analysis. He did a 12... Ah, tell you what, yeah, that's it. I've combined Charlie Morgan's comments about the line-out and then Sam Lana's specific comments about them not being able to hit the middle and back, which is where... At, which they like to do because it's a launch pad for them, but Chesham has ruined their line-out on a couple of occasions. So I expect to see him go up again. I can see us... You say in the front row as well, trying to get a nudge on the scrum. Obviously, that didn't materialise against Northampton, so we really need to, need to be on it and make sure we talk to Barnes productively about any sort of tricks that they might be trying to play. And that might be why Wigglesworth has been selected as a as a as a word in the ear um, type communicator to Barnes. Yes, he's not shy of a word, actually, is he? No, and it, <laughs> it, again, it might just be that sort of thinking of look, if we need someone to have a subtle conversation about, can you look for this or and you can you look for that. Wigglesworth might be that sort of player and he is one of the few players we have got that have got multiple Premier League Premiership titles. Again, in terms I mean, of... Young's has got a couple though, hasn't he? I still say that even though he isn't quite the fringe player, you know, playing off the fringes like he used to be, when you select Wigglesworth, you, you lose that threat totally. 
And, and that, for me, is is why I'm not convinced by it. But again, I'm more than happy to eat my words. But look, what Wigglesworth is generally very, very good at is controlling the game, helping to control the territory battle, which we obviously perceive as being key. It's then effectively going to ask Saracens to go and then when you have a go, have, have a go, and we're going to batter you backwards because we've got big defenders. We've got lots of turnover threat all over the pitch, uh, which is really exciting. So I think that... It's, it is going to be a game where we're going to try to squeeze them, which against Saracens is a challenge. But if there's one side that can probably challenge Saracens physically, it's uh, it's us. And the two long game shows they can be beaten up. They can be rattled. And we that's the blueprint we've got to follow. No, I agree with that. And as I say before, this isn't a 23 that hasn't been seen before. This is a 23 we have utilised or a very, very minor variation of it. So this isn't something where... Um, you know, we're experimenting. Like you've said, we're going to implement a game plan which is very specific to what we want to do and has been seen very much over the last two seasons. And I think if you look at that 23, it does all of the things, you we've all of the good points you talk about Leicester over the last year or two years. That 23 in its own little way personifies that, you know, in the different areas. And I think the, the bench is going to be crucial. And you talk about you know, a hot day and a humid day. Look at the firepower we've got to bring on in terms of off the bench. I mean, the forwards alone, Charlie Clare, Leah Tagaga and Joe Hayes, that's an unbelievably good front row. I mean, and, that's... and Nephi, as Alou said, is actually a very, very good scrummager. Like at Tighthead, we've seen him struggle a bit where I think when Coley was injured and he was having to cover as Tighthead substitute, we've seen him struggle a little bit at Tighthead. But I mean, look, the guy was just filling in there. As a loose head. He is a very, very good scrummager and obviously an unbelievable carrier and actually very good over the ball as well. I think he's won us a couple of games with um, his ability to get over the ball. A 22-stone Samoan prop trucking on when you're you're tired and your legs are heavy. No thanks. Having someone like Nephi coming on and getting stuck into the carries and all the rest of it, I think is, is really important. Joe Hayes, we know, is on a job share with Dan Cole. Sorry, there's no, there's no sort of drop off there. Charlie Clare is one of the best, to me, is the best arrows man in, in the club. Yeah. He throws the best arrows there. So Agree. all across that that department, you, you're coming on strong. Harry Wells is, you know, is very unlucky not to be starting. Harry Wells is in. I think if he called the line out, he'd be starting for me. Yes. I think that's the point of difference is Callum Green's been chosen because he calls the line out. Well, Callum Green's there because he calls the line out and, and Chesham's there because he's an absolute, he's like Tom Croft. You know, you can, you can actually, you don't need two lifters from you. You have one lifter to basically spring him up and, and watch him create havoc. And not only that, you look at the power that Harry Wells is going to bring off the bench. I mean, what a great message to say to someone, right, Wellesley, you've got 20 minutes. You could have, you probably should have started. Empty the tank. Go and yeah. absolutely cream it. S- same for the back row replacement. George Martin, absolutely. And it, 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 you talk about where this game is going to be won or lost. In terms of, yeah, it's an 80-minute performance. It's an 80-minute game. The bench or the finishers in modern parlance, I think is, is really important for us. And, you know, if we're 20 minutes to go, you're only a couple of points in it, whether up or down, and you bring on those five for the last quarter, you're in, you're the, in game. the game. 100%. You're, it, this is a huge thing for us. That's a lot of power. A lot of dynamism there as well. And and I I put player for player on the subs bench. I put every one of ours above theirs. Agreed. To be quite to to be quite blunt. Um and I look at I was gonna say then just to finish it off, you look at the you look at the bench options. I mean Ben Young's, Freddie Burns, Matt Scott. We we talk about Matt Scott being a conservative selection potentially, but you know, 
He's played very, very well in 13. He runs unbelievable lines. Great lines. Yeah, well, I say conservative selection. Sorry, that, that doesn't mean like he's not he's not going to offer anything. It's just that, you know, he's not the explosive player that can create something out of nothing like Nemani can. But what yes. he can do is he can be part of a structure, be part of a process. And you can see him hitting some great lines. And the bench is interesting because it probably tells you how we might look to play later on, which is possibly where um, we might see Freddie... Burns come on and go to fullback, uh, offer a little bit more width if needs be, a little a bit more more kicking options, you know, so you've got them all over the park. You've got Freddie Stewart going on the wing, opens up the crossfield um, attack quite a lot. And then you've got Matt Scott probably offering something as well, either potentially even coming on um, in place of um, Ashton perhaps and actually shifting Porter out to the other wing. So you've got loads and loads of options to, to think about here. And it's going to be, quite interesting to see how how we play but I, it looks to me again that effectively we're going to go down that game plan of of territory squeezing them force them to run out stay stay in the game in the fight which we've been good at all season and then actually we've got the bench to then come on and try and say oh you've turned it around for me now I, i'm now positive i now think it's genius selection well done steve well if you think about it we've got england's most cap scrum half to come on with tired legs with 20 minutes to go i mean and you I do talk- like a wound up Ben Youngs as well. He always play- seems to play better when he comes off the bench as well. And with the ex- instructions of a maybe a potentially breaking up game of play quickly, it may suit him. So you almost get the best of both worlds over 18 minutes with two experienced scrum halves, a bit more control in the first 50 and a dart for the last half an hour with one of the best to have ever done it in the position. So, Well, let- what about, um, let's have a quick look at Saracen's side. Do you want to uh, reel that up? Yeah, yeah, firstly, let's, uh, right, you read it out and I'll boo every name. Right, bear with me a second. Let's 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 find it. I've got it on the other phone. Right. You can almost read it off, you sort of reel it off now, can't you? Because it's such a settled side. Yeah, it's it's not a bad one, to be fair. So, from 1 to 15. Mako Vinopola. I'm not going to do it for everyone. But. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do a collective boo. Yeah. So Mako Vinopola, Jamie George, Vincent Cock, Maro Itoje, Nick Ezekwe, Theo McFarland, Ben Earl and Billy Vinopola. Ezekwe starting as I think we thought he would because he was sensational off the bench and he was very good against us. Uh, I think on both occasions. Did he play in the second one? You think so. In a defensive mall scenario, he is very, very strong. So he's very good. Why. And he was, um, he was being, and he was really dangerous against us in the lineups, I seem to remember, uh, at home as well. So he's a great player. And I always think very unlucky and one of the many that's not been treated very well by Eddie Jones. And he's had a very good couple of years, to be honest, because yeah. last year was on loan at, at Saints and I think really took Did his well. game, really took his game forward and has gone back to Saris and, and again has jumped back in. And, and, and I think. If you're a Saris fan, he fully deserves the, the starting yeah, jersey. Absolutely. Um, you then look at the backs: Alid Davis, Owen Farrell, Sean Maitland on the left wing, Nick Tompkins and Elliot Daly in uh, centres, Max Malian's on the right wing with Alex Good at full back. And then you go into the bench. So we've got Capelli, Piffaletti, apologies for the pronunciation, Aroni Mawi, Alex Clary, Jackson Ray, Andy Christie, Ivan Van Ziel. Duncan Taylor and Alex Lozowski. So it's interesting think- that backline. I think, as I said before, it's not a side kind of like uh, Saints or, or Harlequins that's going to cut you to ribbons, like with just pace and inventiveness. They're going to surgically 
pick you apart because they've got so many intelligent ball players. I mean, Daly is quick, yeah, but look, he's he's not going to smash through. Tompkins is a hard yards winner, but he's not, you know, he, he's not a Manu Tuolangi, for example. He's so, he's a very, very good player. I hate him on the pitch. I think he's a complete tit. Gobby, shite, but he is very good, annoyingly. And and you look at then, you've got Alex Good at the back as well. Uh, Maitland, of course, is is super experienced. And it's it's just a clever, intelligent side who, if they get an opportunity, they'll know how to finish things off. Now, can I, can I just throw something out there about their um, back row? Because Ben Earl has, understandably, quite rightly, had a lot of attention this season, got player of the season uh, by the media, which was an interesting one. You'd say... Player's player was who was player's player? Esterhausen, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so, so, yeah. That's probably the correct one. Him or Montoya, I think it was a shootout between those two. Um, but then Ben Earl scored a hat trick against Harlequins, and some of it was very good. It was actually there was one he went straight through Will Evans and Joe Marler, which was actually quite funny, even though I didn't really want Saracens to win, just because Harlequins had been giving it the big one all week. And those two in particular, Evans and Marler, had been going to the media saying how much they hated Saracens. I think Will Evans was he formerly of this parish, even tried to shush the crowd after Don Brandt scored their first, which is makes it very funny when he gets bowled over for a try. I think there was some cupped ears in there. I think I don't know if it was a shushing, but I think there was some cupped ears. Oh, the old Jamie Vardy. Just Jamie Vardy. Unless you're Jamie Vardy, you shouldn't do it. Like Because it, it, it's never going to end well for you, particularly away at Saracens. And we don't do it in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> do it when you scored the winner, with, with, you know, kind of in injury time. Absolutely. But yeah, it was never going to end well. There we go. So, Ben L gets all this praise. And I was, I've been trying to watch a bit more of his game just to understand what makes him so good. And he's super explosive in everything he does, you know, whether defensively or carrying. He's, he's a superb physical specimen. But I thought this. He, we talk about George Ford being a front foot fly half. For me, Ben Earl is a front foot flanker. Oh, okay. So you know how we talk about Sam Simmons being so effective for Exeter, but you put him in the an England side that's or a Lions side that's struggling for parity and you, he fades. He's not someone who's going to win you the game line or win you the front foot in the first place. That's the likes of Itoje. That's the likes of Jamie George, the guys who do all that graph, Billy Vanapola who will do the graft. If you give him the front foot and you give him some quick ball, then he will create absolute carnage and he'll get in the wider channels. And that applies for the defence as well. If he's part of a defensive system that is on top, then he is going to be good at the turnover. But he's not as good at the turnover as Tommy Raffel. Like we've been bat- being, being battered on our own line, going backwards as a race of knots. And then Tommy Raffel appears with a magical turnover. If I have a look at, you know, kind of someone like Visa, who will win us the front foot, whether we're going backwards or forwards, that's what he does. For me, the key to stopping Ben Earl is actually as a collective, you have to just wipe out Saracen's physical superiority, who they which they have against most sides. And if you take that away, I think he becomes a Sam Simmons. Oh, this is going to bite me right in the ass. I'm sure it's going to come back and he's going to score another hat trick against us and start cupping his ears and stuff. But for me, that's where I think you 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 take away his platform like you would do for a fly half. And you get his system going backwards, and I think he he will fade, uh, and and he won't become a factor. That's my I agree theory. With that. I, I I think there's a lot of there's a lot of merit in that, and I, I quite agree with a lot of it. I think it's the other thing to, to to look at is that if you look at the eight of Saris, there's a lot of power there, but Ben Earl's probably the only sort of over the ball presence in terms of the yeah. breakdown. Where if we've got Tommy Rafael. Jasper Visa, Julian Montoya, who are all very good at it. Levenberg knows his way over the ball. And Levenberg 
um, as well. So in terms of an area to, you know, Charlie mentioned about a breakdown battle on Monday. I think there's a potential for us to get at it there because there is a, I think we've got a couple more in terms of capabilities at, at that area of the pitch. When you play against Saris, it's almost like a vice. It's like a tightening vice. And they just help, they exert that grip over the game because they squeeze, they squeeze, they squeeze. And they use their, uh, the kicking game with uh, scrum half, fly half and fullback. You look at Davis, Farrell and Good. They're all going to be important to them in terms of how they want to play the game in terms of territory and um, finding weaknesses and exerting control that way. We are probably one of the only teams in the league that, that, that plays the same game like Saris. You know, if you're to be... To, to a degree, I'd say we're probably not as expansive as Saris. I don't think we're there yet in the journey. Quite. But in terms of the overall um, philosophy of how we want to play, no one does it like Saris as good as us. We're probably the best exponent at carrying out the Saris game plan, which is why I find the game actually quite fascinating because it is two very, very well-matched teams and they are the two best teams. And I think in this country, the way both teams play suits how you get success because fundamentally it comes to the basic points of physicality up front, scrum half and fly half that can control the game. And once you've bashed a load of holes, you've got some decent backs that can finish the, finish the job off. Both teams have played to, to that sort of level. Saris, like you've just said, are more experienced at it and they've got a bit more expansive game plan. However, if I look at that eight of Saris and I look at R8 and I think it cancels each other out. I think there's a it, man for man, both can go against each other. We've got power in our pack, they've got power in our pack, in theirs. So there's almost a, 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 an equal actual thing there. The backs interest me with with Saris purely because of the amount of experience they've got in there. But if we can defensively be disciplined and hold them up and restrict them getting that expansive game going, then again, I think, you know, I think it comes back to where I think Steve wants it to be played. And I think Steve wants to turn it into that arm wrestle. And I think with the team he's picked, he wants to arm wrestle that team that's been picked. But What's interesting, to- just very quickly as well, is that we've bemoaned a few times at Welford Road because of our like 30 centimetre in goal areas that we have. Twickenham, it's huge. Not quite Murrayfield level, which is almost like an extra pitch in itself, but it's a huge in goal area. And the goal line dropout means that it's not quite so bad to kick it beyond the try line anymore. In fact, you can just build pressure and build and build and build. So I expect us to play... Yes, I mean, we will look perhaps for the 50-22 or for the corners if the space is there. But I think you know, Alex Good is very, very clever positionally. But he isn't as quick as he used to be. And he was never that quick to start with anyway. I, I can see us trying to move him around quite a lot. And Maylene's is still learning the ropes at, on the wing as well. And I can see us trying to basically keep the ball in play, even push that in goal area and make them start to have to kick and drop out from their own line because that will mean that we can just run it back and build phases in the right area of the pitch. So that, I think, is actually something that might have gone overlooked, actually, that the size of the in-goal area could be quite a key factor in the game. Yeah, and when I watched the Saris Exeter final three years ago, that's effectively what Saris did on Exeter. They just basically squeezed and just put a vice-like grip on it so that Exeter could never really get out of their own half. And I think that's going to be the key for Leicester is the kicking battle and the kicking exchanges. So that when you are under the pump, kicking well and kicking better so that you can relieve yourself and move up the pitch and go along with it, I think is crucial. And having someone like Tommy Raphael might just be a, a good 
allow us, you know, you know, win a penalty, get a turnover to allow us just to kick up the field and move up with it. You know, if you get a penalty on the 20, inside the 22, you boot it up to halfway line, you then got a platform to, to go into the opposition half. So it's those little bits and pieces where I think uh, we've got to be, you know, I think that's why some of the selection calls have been made is, is in terms of that. Um, again, I look at the bench of Saris. I, do, I would pick our bench over their bench. Um, and that's not bias um, aside, I think. Saris have got some good players on the bench. You know, Jackson Ray, really good player. Been there, done that. Is a really good campaigner. And he's very much a typical Saris player. Yeah, he, I'm not such a fan. My old man, for some reason, he 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 really sticks in my dad's craw. I don't quite know why, but he, he sees him. And he, just as a mere sight of Jackson Ray winds my dad up. But I, I don't know, but I agree. I think we've got more dynamism, more physicality, particularly in the pack coming off that bench. Look, let's, I'm, I'm not going to alter my prediction, uh, which was, again, probably head saying Saracens, uh, they've just got that championship now. But I, I am still going to stick with my heart and say that I think we might nick something. Because I think that is a side, you've talked me round into it now, of not being quite so negative. I think that we will hang on in there. And maybe if we're within a score... With 20 minutes to go, then you know all things are on the table at that point. What yeah, about you? Think, are you still feeling the same? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've always been head over heart in terms of where I think it's going to go. I think, but the one thing I would say is this, and I've been saying this throughout this season, in that this season has felt exactly the same as when Leicester City won the league in 2015-2016. Like the same feelings we had when I was watching Leicester that year, in terms of something's happening here, and we've got to get on board with it, and we've got to be looking out for it because I think it's on. And it, it was a theme that grew and grew and grew towards, throughout the season when you nick a win here or you grind out result there. And, you know, before you know it, you end up top of the league. And before you know it, you get to, you know, May. And it's like, oh my God, we might actually do it. Leicester have had the same sort of feeling this year in terms of, you know, the stars have almost aligned a little bit. This is going to be Genji's and Ford's last year. The, mm. the stars have aligned in certain ways where we've won games where we haven't. You know, Sarah's at home, Bristol away. We've last few weeks... Is, is Genji out. going to be our... Uh... And got a low Kante. Oh, well, the smiling assassin. I think that's Tommy Raphael, yeah. the smiling yes. assassin. Look, I think the, the big game experience of Saris is huge. And you only have to look at that starting 15 to look at the internationals and experience and the trophies to know that they probably tip the edge. And that might just get be enough to get them over the line. And the head says with that by three or four points is probably it. But you look at that 23 and for the same reasons you've just given, if you're in the game with, with 60 minutes gone, Everything's on the table. And we've seen over the last few weeks, let alone the season, the last few weeks, Newcastle, Wasps, Saints. 20 minutes to go. Tigers come on strong and just put a, their own stamp on the game and just find a way of getting over the line. It might not be pretty tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be one for anyone else. <laughs> it's not going to be like last year's final. I can tell you that now. It's going to be one for the purists. But 20 minutes to go. If Tigers are in and around the same score as, as, as Saris, we're in the game and, and I think you take that and then it, it comes down to whether, who can hold their nerve with 20 minutes to go. But the team is not selected. Me, not me, for one. If, it, if it's close with 20 minutes to go, I'm probably turning off, to be honest. No, no, it, it, I get I, that. I, I, don't get know, that. I don't know if my ticket can handle it. The um, I, it'd be Weirdly, it'd be better being in the crowd, I think, in that situation. Obviously, um, due to baby admin, I've got to, I've got to stay here. I mean... It, it's it's pretty interesting, and we're going into this as underdogs as well. I mean, we've been written off by pretty much every sort of major media outlet. But I'll tell you what, I, I put on, I think, was it a tenner um, for Tigers to win the league at the start of the season? Um, and so that was 12 to 1 to get 120 quid back, uh, out of it. 
However, um, they're offering me to cash out at 30 quid. No chance. That's how much we're being written off by. I thought it would be, oh, they're going to offer me 50 quid, 60 quid or something like that over the scale of the season. No, it's 30 quid. And like for me, that shows that we're written off by the bookies. And also, we can get our backs up a little bit about the media coverage. You and I were tweeting about it. Fucking this whole thing about oh, Saracens, the redemption. You know, I can't believe they. this is a championship side. They were in the championship year ago. Hang on. It, they weren't relegated for being shit. They were relegated for being cheats. And I'm very much, they've served their time. They're done. That's fine. Great. Probably should have had the title strip. But, you know, look, look that's all done. It's in the past. It's been done. They're, they've got their, you know, fully legal side now, apparently. Uh, and... They there they are, and um, in the final, and that's fine. But like, let's not pretend that this is some like wonderful redemption for them. It's it, not it, Phoenix from the flames, is it? No, exactly. Uh, Phoenix from the ashes. I don't know. I've done the Ronnie Regan. I've, I don't oh, know. I've done the Ronnie Regan. I've done the Ronnie Regan. Fair enough. Fair enough. The, yeah, um, so, so the um, like, I mean, so that's kind of annoying. And then, like as you said, like I was listening to the BBC um, uh, rugby pod reunion weekly podcast. And it was 20 minutes on Harlequin Saracens. What a great game. What a great contest. It was great rivalry. And about three minutes on Leicester against Northampton. And about two minutes of that was saying how brave Ben Young's was, uh, which he was. And then how shit Skozan was. So, I mean, like, nobody, the London media is so focused on Saracens. They're so, like, wanking themselves senseless about wanting them to win. And I hope that the public, I think, is generally behind us. The general support is behind us rather than Saracens. We should take that support, take that anger of being written off and ignored and fucking give it to them. A hundred percent. You want listen, some, I'll give it you. I listened to The Ruck on, on, on Monday and it was exactly the same story. 20 minutes um, dictated to the to the playoffs, 18 minutes consisting of the, uh, the London derby and how great that was. Uh, a couple of minutes to our game that consisted of uh, Leicester won't win and, and, and Saris will, will, will get it. You know, and... and Stephen Jones, though, isn't it? Well, Saracen's he head, was he, he not? Saracen's head cheerleader, usually. Well, that was what made it so remarkable. why I listened to it, uh, because he wasn't on there. But I don't... Look, the, the London media, in the majority of cases, have got their boys in the final and have spent the best, best part of this week championing their boys. We all know who the media, for the best part, want this to win, whether it's the narrative or the, the attention and all the rest of it. It's great. That's great. We should love that and we should embrace it and we should have... I want more of it. I want every media outlet talking about Saris and how great they've been and that uh, this is a one-horse one race. Great. That's brilliant. Because at three o'clock tomorrow, our boys are going to come out the field and fucking tear into them with a fury and a, and a passion that's not been seen before. Woo! So let's have it. You know I mean? And that's the thing is that for all the talk about this is Saris game and Saris the championship side, you know, we won 20 games out of 24 this year. That's unbelievable. With a young side... You know, this isn't a one-horse race. We've got physicality. We have got a fire and a fury in that 23 that can go tearing into these boys from minute one and have it. You know, if we if you want to scree- a street scrap, we've got it. If you want a, an arm wrestle, we've got it. If you want to play a bit of rugby, we can match you and we can defend it. So, like, look, it's a final. Both teams have got an equal chance of winning. Fuck it. Let's, let's bring it on. Yeah, and that's the pervasive message of the podcast. Fuck it, let's have a go. Excellent. Well, look, <laughs> good luck to everyone travelling down. Have a great day. Uh, regardless, it's wonderful to be back at Twickenham. Rugby is the real winner, uh, unless we win, in which case we're the real winner. And I hope everyone has a cracking day down there. I'm toying with the idea 
of doing a Twitter live stream of me watching the game, just screaming. But I figure nobody's going to want to watch that because everyone's at the game and, and will be focused on the screen if they're watching at home. So I'm probably going to leave that. But otherwise, uh, from Elliot and me, go well on Saturday, boys. Bring it home. Come on, Leicester. Thank you.